Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. My message this morning, as I said in my study this week, preparing, I just felt that the Holy Ghost wants to come and lift you. You know, as you climb a mountain, it is better if there's somebody below you that lifts you, that doesn't pull you down. And if somebody is above you that pulls you up and don't pushes you down, well, God promised that He will give us the Holy Ghost, who is our helper, our strengthener. Jesus said in John chapter 16, I send another helper. God's going to help you through your valley. God's going to help you reach your mountaintop. God's going to help you conquer your opposition. God's going to help you finish strong. God's going to help you get up from your loss and your tragedy. You are not going to climb that mountain by yourself. You need to acknowledge today that there is a God who loves you. There is a God who cheers you on. There is a God who urges you on. There is a God who is for you. There is a God who believes in you. And there is a God who wants to put fresh wind under your sails in Jesus' name. Under your wings, amen, and in your sails. Psalm 121, one of my favorite scriptures that David writes. David lived in a time of war where Jerusalem was attacked often. Also, God never allowed David to remain comfortable in Jerusalem. He always had to go and take new territory for God. Either way, you are faced with an enemy. Whether you camp or whether you climb, whether you settle or whether you sojourn, opposition will come your way and adversity. Even at times when you least want it, Sometimes things go wrong in this life. This life that we're all grappling with and coming to terms with. You have an expectation this way and something totally different happens. Let's not forget that God is never going to change His mind towards you. As those mountains surround Jerusalem, so is the everlasting presence and the ever-abiding love of God towards you. They will not be moved. They will not be shaken. And therefore, we can have confidence and assurance this morning that we are not going to be moved and we are not going to be shaken because we know where our help comes from. Hallelujah. Psalm 121 verse 1, David says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence cometh my help? See, that's how I got saved. In the old King James Version, my help comes. Everybody say, my help comes. Say it as if you believe it this morning. Say, my help is on the way. My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. It's not asleep. He knows exactly what's happening in your life. He knows exactly what the enemy is plotting and planning and scheming against you. And I'll tell you this, my brother and my sister, no way will the devil outsmart your God and no way will the devil gain the advantage and the initiative. God is going to come through for you. Say amen. So, he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. 
your keeper of South Africa. No matter what we are facing, come on, give the Lord a praise if you believe it this morning. The keeper of your business, the keeper of your health, the keeper of your future. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. It doesn't mean that there will not be evil that comes against you. It means that you are going to come through victoriously and that God will have the final say even though you walk through a valley right now, you keep on walking because God is with you. And God will prepare a table for you in the presence of the enemy. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth even forevermore. Well, Israel lifted their eyes in prayer several times a day. They had to remind themselves of the abiding presence of God. It represented the Shekinah glory of God, Jerusalem, where God dwelt. Jerusalem, where the temple was built. The Jerusalem, when sojourners or travelers came from many, many dangers and they saw the mountains of Jerusalem, hope came into their hearts because they knew I am entering a city of refuge. I know many of you, when you came to church this morning, your spirit lifted. Come on, because you know that God is here and God is going to speak to you from Mount Zion and God is going to lift you up in Jesus' name. Psalm 125, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, Those who trust in the Lord, which cannot be moved, but abides forever, those who trust in the Lord shall not be moved. People can try to shake you. You may be shaken at times, but you're not going to be moved. You're going to fall down, but you're going to get up in the same place. God's going to restore you to a higher place. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people from this time forth even forevermore. So Jerusalem reminded Israel of God's abiding presence. Jerusalem reminded Israel of God's promises. Well, we also lift our eyes to a hill, a hill called Calvary, where our Savior was crucified 2,000 years ago. A hill called Calvary where God demonstrated His love for you and me. And where God said, from now on, I will dwell among you, Emmanuel. I will tabernacle with you. No longer will you have to look to a physical hill, to a mountain, to a place, because I will be your refuge and your strength, and I will be your protection. So when we come to church and we worship God, we remind ourselves of what God did for us 2,000 years ago. That that is the hill that we find our refuge in, not the hill, but what happened on that little hill I've been there, where our Jesus was crucified, where God demonstrated His unconditional love for humanity, and where God broke the curse of the devil, and where God announced His, His intention toward humanity. Peace on earth and goodwill toward all mankind. So when your world is shaken, you have to come back to Jerusalem or to a hill called Calvary or to the presence of God, and you have to remind yourself of what Jesus has done for you. I know life can be a battle. I know that this journey is not a little sprint. I know there are ups and downs like any person who climbs a mountain. I mean, when I first got saved, I thought you're going to get saved and it's sunshine and roses and there's never going to be any hardship along the way. How wrong I was to find out that whether you're saved or not, 
You will face tribulation. You will face adversity. You will face opposition. But thank God we don't face opposition by ourselves. We have somebody that helps us. We have somebody that strengthens us. And that is not called a bottle of tequila or it's not called anything else, a white line of cocaine. We have a Saviour that is alive and well, that is risen from the grave, a Saviour that demonstrated, oh, come on, that demonstrated His love for you 2,000 years ago. So my brother, my sister, no matter what you are facing today, emotionally, physically, financially, relationally, in your business, it doesn't matter. You have to lift up your eyes from the place where you are. You have to lift up your eyes, Abraham, from the place that you are. You have to come out of your tent your oppression, your depression, your fear, your uncertainty. You have to come out of the land of bondage and you have to lift your eyes to the heavens and you have to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith because when you look to Jesus, He will lift you because He's the gift with a lift. He's going to put fresh wind in your sails today. Oh, come on, I feel God is talking to somebody. God wants to lift you and remind you that He's ever present in times of need. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. We contend with many tests and trials as the people did who lived in Jerusalem. Sometimes people think, I just want to go there and find solitude or solace or peace. You can go to a little town and all the hell can break loose. No matter where you are, you need the abiding presence of Jesus Christ in your life. We have to keep on lifting our eyes. When these giants glare us in South Africa, when these difficulties face us as a nation, as a world, in our individual lives, the giants you face in your mind, who knows what you are thinking? You may be the one thinking about quitting. You may be the one thinking about committing suicide. I don't know. But I wanna ask you not to. I want to ask you this morning to lift your eyes back to the one who saved you. I want you to lift your eyes back to a hill called Calvary and remind yourself that your God is faithful, that your God is for you and that there is nothing in this whole world that can separate you from the love of God. Oh, come on. Some of you have forgotten the love that God has for you. Some of you have turned this relationship into a dead, dry religion. But Jerusalem, you have to lift up your eyes again. You have to remind yourself of the abiding presence of God and you have to allow this God of love to touch you again. Come on, somebody that needs a touch from heaven this morning, lift your hands to Jesus and just give Him a praise and an adoration and shout your expectation. You know, when we were in the army and we had to do patrol, it sounds funny, weird. Uh, my generation will understand it. You made base camp anywhere. And after being out on patrol for weeks, when you just saw a certain bush or a certain place, your spirit lifted. Because that was home, a place of refuge. That's why I love church. I have to tell you, not because I'm pastor. I get excited every time I drive to this building because this is where I worship my God. Yes, in my study, but yeah, I feel my spirit lifted because I gather with other like-minded people where I feel the presence of God. This is my Jerusalem in Jesus' name where I lift my eyes to the hills, to the Savior who said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. 
when, when, when God called me to Lady Brand, about 35 kilometers out of Lady Brand, there was like an S in the road. And from there, you could see Lady Brand was like a little Jerusalem, also mountains surrounding it. And I tell you, every time I saw those mountains, my spirit leapt in me because for me, that's where God was. No matter how small they are insignificant in the eyes of other people, for me, that was my place where God called me. Yes, there were challenges, positive, negative, but I never ever forgot that it was God's presence. And no matter what I faced, that it was His help that I needed to fulfill what God called me to do there, to face challenges, to get the quit out of me, to deal with discouragement. There's no other way. You need a place, my friend, where you can go. You need a place where you can find solitude. You need a place where you can remind yourself of the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God. And I'll tell you, I know that you have a relationship with God, as do I, and I spend hours in my office, as you do, in the presence of God. But there's just nothing like having a Jerusalem, a Bethel, a place where you go to connect with God, where you take time out, where you put the remote control away, where you put the tea and the coffee and all the fancies away, and you say, I'm going to go to the house of God. I'm going to go worship my God. I'm going to go find my Saviour in a place called Jerusalem, my Jerusalem, my church. Not that the church saves you, but the church is the dwelling place of God in the earth. And the church is the place where we find our solitude and our refuge because of His abiding presence. I've had many times of fasting and praying, and I'm not Jesus, but like Jesus, often that was when I had my greatest battles. And I learned that if you want to do this Christian thing, you have to do it alone and with other people. You're going to do it by yourself. These people found protection, peace in a place because of God's presence. We come to church to look for God's presence. As David said, I've looked for you in the sanctuary. I've come. They don't want to come, but I've come. Don't feel like praying. And if I'm by myself, I'm not going to pray. But when I'm with other people, when I climb with other people, your attitude, your spirit, your faith is what lifts me, is what inspires me. You watch people when they begin to wander away from their Jerusalem, their church, how they wither spiritually. Oh, they may make money, but spiritually, they're just not the same. So we come here to lift our eyes to a hill called Calvary, to remind ourselves of God's love. As Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, he says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? So we don't doubt God's intention, God's goodwill, God's love, because of a pandemic. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It's God who justifies, who has the final say. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, is also risen. Hallelujah. Oh, he's alive this morning. Somebody that is alive, jump on your feet and give him a resurrection praise. Jesus is alive. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow and will. He's risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, 
nakedness, peril, sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Through Him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, no angels, no principalities, no powers, no things present, no things to come, no height, no depth, no any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. I will lift up my eyes above the hills. Come on, I will lift up my eyes. I will lift up my eyes above the troubles in my land. I will lift up the eyes above my disappointments. I will lift up my eyes above my setbacks. I will lift up my eyes above the trials and the tribulations. I will lift my gaze, come on, and take it off my past and take it off my yesterday and focus it upon Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. I will lift up my eyes to a hill called Calvary. That's the basis of, of our relationship with God that God so loved. His love is not the way human beings love. There's no judgment, no condemnation, no accusation, no finger pointing. It's a love that covers. It's a love that lifts. It's a love that reminds. It's a love that protects. It's a love that preserves. It's a love that is ever present. We take our eyes off of this and we turn this relationship into a religion. We lose what it's all about, a form of godliness denying the power thereof. And that power really is talking about God's love. Is the first thing we receive when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in our lives. It is that love that washes you and cleanses you. That love that calls you to engage with God. That love that lifts you every single time you fall. That's why we have to come back again and again. That's why the Israelites had to pray every day and say, I will lift up my eyes to the hills. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people. It's easy to be overwhelmed by circumstances, adversity. But my brother and my sister, we have to move from being overwhelmed to being overcomers as God called us to be. And the only way we are not gonna be overwhelmed, but we are gonna live as overcomers and we are gonna stay strong every day of your life. You have to lift up your eyes, I will. Your eyes don't lift by themselves. You have to choose to lift your eyes from your trial and your tribulation. You have to choose to lift your eyes from your mistakes and your setbacks. Paul the Apostle says, this one thing I do, I forget what is behind. And I love what the Passion Translation says. He says, I fix my gaze on what is ahead. That which Jesus died for in Jesus' Name. Come on. In Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the thoughts I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Isaiah 43, the prophet says, Consider not, look not at the things of yesterday, at the things of old. For behold, says the Lord, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth speedily. You better get ready. Help is on the way. You better get ready to change your posture. You better get ready to come out of your tent. 
come out of your disappointment and lift your eyes to Jesus and begin to pray up, begin to praise up, begin to show up on the battleground and you will be amazed at what God is going to do you because God is not going to fail you. He never failed you 2,000 years ago. He never failed His people of Jerusalem. He's not going to fail you as the mountains surround Jerusalem. So the Lord surrounds His people. Those who trust in the Lord shall never be put to shame. Come on, give the Lord a praise in Jesus' name. Message Bible, Psalm 121 says, Look up to the mountains. Oh, I look up to the mountains. Does my strength come from the mountains? No. My strength comes from God. You're not going to fight your battle and conquer your giant without God. You're not going to climb that mountain without His help. My strength comes from God who made heaven and earth and those mountains. He won't let you stumble. Your guardian God won't fall asleep. I know sometimes it feels like God is asleep, but I want to tell you He's not asleep. At the right time, His fire is going to fall. At the right time, in the 11th hour. I don't know why it's not 10 to 12 or 10 to 11. God always shows up at 1 minute to 12. In the midnight hour, Paul and Silas. Jonah in the whale's belly after three days in digestive juices. He's about to die. And by the way, that whale was trying to digest him. It's not this little picture you have of Jonah with a table and a lamp and he's writing the book of Jonah. You know, Bible stories, kids' Bible stories that's left in our minds. People painted Jesus as white. He's not white, he's not black. The apostles or the disciples were all young, but Peter was the oldest. But we have this idea that all these apostles or all these disciples of Jesus were these old men. Because those are the pictures we see. They stick in our heads. They were young men. That's why I'm a fan of the next generation. And that's why Sunday nights I try everything in my power by the Holy Ghost to put fire in your, in your belly. Put it mildly. To get you to move on with what God has for you. To get rid of all your excuses. But God, no matter if the whole world is against you, if God is for you, that's what we read, who can be against you? But you have to get back to the place of lifting your eyes to Him and get your eyes off your questions, which we all have, off your disappointments, your frustration, your anger, the things that you cannot solve by yourself. Paul had that battle himself, right? Paul was a very strong individual, strong personality, no nonsense individual. But even Paul did not have all the answers. He says at times, I don't know, but God knows. He says, I'm puzzled, I'm perplexed, I'm bewildered. I don't know what to do, but I know God knows what to do. That's why I don't lose heart. I'm not going to take my eyes off Jesus. I'm going to keep my gaze fixed on the one who loves me. The one whose intention toward me is goodness and mercy. Doesn't matter what people say. When I fall, I'm gonna lift my eyes up. Cause if you're gonna get up from a situation, the first thing you have to do is you have to look up, Job. You have to look up. You have to lift your gaze. You have to take your eyes off the hurt so that God can turn your tragedy into a triumph, your setback into a comeback, your mistake into a miracle. Come on. So that God can turn your weeping into dancing. This is not just 
little verses that we read. These are promises of God that God says weeping endures for a moment, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. But you have to fix your eyes on the one that stands on the mountaintop. The one who died for you, the one who loves you, the one who shed his blood for you. The one who hears your prayer. The one who is for you and not against you. Satan knows if he can keep you focused on your yesterday, he will keep you from your tomorrow. And we all know we're not going to do well on the highway driving forward, wherever you're going, looking in the rearview mirror. Only time I look in the rearview mirror is if there's a lady behind me on a cell phone. What was I had an accident this week because of a lady on a cell phone behind me? Because, okay, ladies, bless you all, but stop the cell phone and texting while you're driving a car, doing your makeup and texting, you're at risk for all the rest of us uh, sane individuals, please. Now, don't look at me in that tone of voice. I'm playing with you, okay? You know, I love all of you and I'm your fan. But hey, let's do things right. And I mean, this truck just slammed on brakes in front of me. I stopped, but then I looked in the rearview mirror because I had nowhere to go. And yeah, she came, 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 busy texting and she looked up and it was like... <gasps> And swerved to the left and missed me. And I thought, cell phone, there's a time and a place. Your car is not it. Amen. Okay, don't say amen, say nah. Your child is in, in, in the car and you're doing your makeup and your lipstick. And your hair, you blow dry your hair. What have you got? One of those, uh, in, in, you're, you're not smoking, but you've got a uh, heat. Uh, uh, a hairdryer plugged in there. It's amazing what women can do. They can multitask, amen? Except when it comes to their husbands. Then they tired. Because <clears throat> the multitasking of the day took it all out of you. I get it. Thank God. Um, nothing to do with the message. So it's when Peter took his eyes off Jesus in the midst of a storm that he began to sink. As a world, we are going through a storm. I'm not a prophet of doom, you know me. But there are still many challenges we are gonna face as humanity. And every generation will have their own Goliaths, their own giants to slay. Social media has brought a whole nother challenge to our world so that it becomes even more difficult to remain focused on God. Because now there's not only the Bible, there's everybody else's opinion, including your friend, shoving their opinion down your throat and making you believe the sum total of what you believe actually. Need to do less social media, less television, television, and more Bible. Get our noses back in the Bible Get our noses back in the promises of God because when Peter took his eyes off the person of Jesus, he began to sink. Why? Because he lost focus of the power of the presence and of the promise. Jesus said to him, come walk. Now remember, Jesus called him to walk in the storm. I would think Jesus, okay, calm the water and then let me walk. He says, no, you're gonna have to learn to walk in the storm. You're gonna have to learn to walk through that valley of the shadow of discouragement. You're gonna have to learn to climb that mountain. I'm not gonna climb the mountain for you. We want God to come and just wave His hand 
and bring peace to our world. And God says, no, you climb out in the midst of the storm. You walk on the waves in the midst of a storm. You keep your gaze on me. The Bible says, when Peter took his eyes off Jesus and he saw the wind boisterous and the waves, he began to sink. And immediately he cried out, Lord, help. And Jesus reached out his hand immediately and lifted him up and walked him back to the storm or back to the boat in the storm. Better get this this morning. Because some of you are waiting for the storms to go away. You're waiting for circumstances to become ideal. God says, no, I'm going to teach you to walk on the water in the midst of a storm. I'm going to teach you to overcome those waves and those obstacles. I'm going to teach you to be positive when you should be breaking down. I'm going to teach you to rejoice when you want to be weeping and mourning. I'm going to teach you to pray when you want to be murmuring and complaining. I'm going to teach you to be victorious in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to teach you to be an overcomer in the lion's den. I'm going to teach you to pray and praise in the midnight hour, Paul and Silas. I'm not going to open the prison doors until you pray, until you praise, until you decide God is good no matter what you are facing. But you're going to have to get up. You're going to have to look up. You're going to have to rise up. You're going to have to dress up. You're going to have to show up. You're going to have to pray up. You're going to have to praise up so that you can learn to be the more than conqueror through Him that loved us. I mean, Paul, that's what I wanted to say earlier, who writes this, cries out to God, and God three times says, my grace is sufficient for you. God didn't take the trouble away. But at the end of Paul's life, he says, the Lord shut the lion's mouth finally. And he says, the Lord delivered me from every plan of the enemy against me. Well, when he was going through life, it didn't feel like it. Sometimes we just want things to go away. But we have to walk through these things with Jesus. So we live dependent on His grace. We don't like that part, right? We want just somebody to wave their hand, name it. And God says, no, go dip in the Jordan seven times. You do your part. You get your nose back in the Word of God. You get yourself back in church. You worship God when you don't feel like it because emotion will follow motion. You pray when the last thing in this world you feel like doing is praying. You pray when it feels like your prayers are not even going beyond the ceiling, which by the way, they don't have to go because God lives in you. You do what I say. Is any suffering in the church, let him pray. Prayer is not our last resort. It's our first resort. And I know it sometimes feels like it's not working like Daniel, but that angel said to him, from the first day that you set your heart to seek my face, I've come. I've answered your prayer, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. I want to tell you, help is on the way. Don't change your confession. Don't change your posture. Don't change, change your gaze. You keep your eyes on Jesus. Oh, come on, give Him praise. I have to go. Give Him praise this morning. Let God lift you up this morning. Lift your gaze. Lift your eyes. Lift your stance. Come on. Come on, you be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. You know that God is for you and that God is not against you. You know it this day. You remind yourself as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people. Come on. Our God is alive. Our God is real. This is not some emotion, but I'll tell you, you cannot engage God without your emotion. It's not possible. Try that with your wife. It's not going to work. God is alive. 
My help, that's why he says, my help comes from the Lord, listen, who made the heavens and the earth. There's a statement in that, that God is a creator. Out of nothing, he made the heavens and the earth. So there's no reason for us to doubt God's ability, God's intention. We just need to reposition ourselves as these people did in Jerusalem and position yourself wherever you are. Maybe on the mountaintop and there's another mountain for you to conquer. I don't know. Maybe you've been in base camp. Maybe in a valley of turmoil. Discouragement. I don't know. But I know that God is personal, that God loves you, and that God wants to help you. Because when Jesus left, He said, I sent another helper to be with you forever. Come on, family, as we just close our eyes for a moment. Everyone, no one looking around or walking around with every head bowed and every eye closed. What an amazing word that we heard this morning. And maybe you're standing in this place this morning. And if you had to be honest, you do not even know where to look to because you're not walking in a relationship with God. And God is stretching forth His hand this morning as we heard in the message that He's waiting, that He wants to walk with us and guide us through every storm. Or maybe you used to serve Him at sun stage. But for whatever reason, Life has happened and the storms of life got too big for you and have lost your focus and your attention and God is not the center of that anymore. We wanna give you this opportunity this morning just to stand and to reach out to Him and say, God, here I am. I am in need of You. I need Your mercy and Your grace. I need Your strength to walk with me through this storm. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one moving around, people praying. Maybe you're standing in this place and you say, if I had to be honest, Pastor, I couldn't say that my life is totally right with God. I, I, I don't have any understanding of what it means to serve Him. We're not asking you this morning, do you belong to a church? Do you have a church membership somewhere? But we ask you, do you live and have a relationship with Him? That you're walking with Him every day. That He's part of you, that He lives inside of you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that is you, quietly wherever you are, just want you to lift your hands so we can pray with you. Just say, yes, Jesus. His hands are being lifted all over this place. Just respond to Him this morning. I want to say to you, whatever you've done yesterday, there's nothing that can take you away from the love of God. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. And He's waiting with open arms. And He's asking you. Maybe you served Him at some stage and you've lost it. But you want to return. You can be standing every Sunday in church and still be backslidden in your heart being lukewarm, we want to give you that opportunity as well. If that is you, just lift up your hand now in the name of Jesus. Come on, as hands are being lifted all over this place. Come on, some of you are vasculating. There's something happening in your heart. There's any uneasiness that you're experiencing as we are making this prayer. We want you to respond. Come on, it's between you and God as you just lift your hand to Him and say, God, here I am. I need your help. I need your love. I need your forgiveness in Jesus' name. So would you be so kind, please, in the front, just to close your eyes for a moment, to put your hand on your heart. You can lift your other hand if you want to and just pray after me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today and I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Lord, I'm sorry that I lived without you. But today, 
I choose to accept your forgiveness. I thank you, Father, that you died on the cross and that you rose again and you live forevermore. I thank you, Father. From today, I am your child. I ask you to help me, to guide me, and to lead me to become everything you called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, family. Come on, God loves you. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.